Welcome back to the program. I'm Rabina Ahmad Huck sitting in for Alex Pearson, and this is On Point. Uh, just before the break, we were talking to Lori Goldstein about what's happening in Texas. 19 children and two teachers killed yesterday as they were going about their day in a school classroom. A lot of theories are being thrown around, the stuff that we hear every time something so tragic happens, especially in the United States, access to guns, uh, mental health issues, a troubled childhood, all those things. But honestly, I'm sick of hearing all of that. I want to hear what people are doing to change it. Even though we're not American, even though we don't have any control, we can't vote for change in the United States. I think as a citizen of the world, you look back and you say, or you look from the outside and you say, how can this continue to go on? And then you start to look inwards and you think, could something like this happen here in Canada? We're only, you know, a border apart. It's not like our cultures are that much different. In many ways, we share a lot of the same points of view as Americans do. Uh, we don't have access to guns the way that Americans do, but there is a lot of concern about gun violence in in Southern Ontario, especially in Toronto, um, and what's been happening um, in our own streets uh, recently we talked about all the carjackings that were happening in, in the city of Toronto and how guns played a role there too. I wanted to bring in our next guest to talk about what the impact of gun violence is, is here in our, in our, in our city, in our province, in our country. And if we should be worried about the path that we are on and what can we do to, to, to just be different than the U S obviously we never want to get to where they're at with their gun culture and, and the kind of horrific, events that they are going through. Dexter Voisin is Dean in Applied Social Sciences at the Jack Joseph and Morton Mandel School of Applied Social Sciences Scientists, Sciences, at Case Western Reserve University. Uh, Professor Dexter, welcome to the program. Thank you so much for inviting me. You have decades of experience looking at uh, violence in neighborhoods and uh, po the police interactions in neighborhoods and gun violence. What's your reaction to what happened um, yesterday in Texas? My last guest said he was not surprised. I'm wondering how, how, what your reaction was when you first heard. Well, it's not surprising, and it's uh, something that has become ab abhorrent in the United States that we have normalized. So uh, yet to date, we have almost 200 mass murders already committed in the United States. And as we know, mass murders are deemed anything, any murder in, in involving four or more persons. So, you know, unfortunately, this sort of carnage that we see happening across America has become all too common. And in many ways, um, you know, lawmakers have really failed to act, which is very, very unfortunate. You know, you study the the, um, the prevalence of gun culture, and um, I have a chart in front of me that shows that the estimated number of firearms per 100 residents in the U.S. is 120.5, so more than one gun uh, per per person, and, and if, if you look at it that way, or at least one gun per person. In Canada, it's 34.7, so every third person in this country owns a firearm. Um, what's your concern when you hear numbers like that? I mean, we we are um, we are still one of the top ten civilian gun owning countries. We are far behind the U.S. But it, does that raise concern when you hear that one in three Canadians owns a gun? 
Yes, it, it, it does raise concerns. When you look at other uh, high-income countries, the G8 countries, Canada is number five on the list. America is number one in terms of gun homicide. So when you look at the overall um, picture, Canada is really not that far behind. I'm, I'm hopeful because uh, there's some sharp contrast between Canada and America. In America, there is this culture around it's my inherent right to own a gun. And some of this comes from our Constitution. So it's really seen as an innate right to own a gun in the United States. And that's part of the reason why you have more guns than you have citizens in the U.S. In Canada, I think the culture is slightly different. Owning a gun is really seen as a privilege versus a right. And there's a lot more strict gun control measures. There's a, a waiting period in Canada, um, which doesn't happen in the United States. Uh, I think the, 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 the gun policies in Canada is a lot more coherent, sensible. Uh, in the United States, our federal policy is very lax, and then we have a hodgepodge of policies uh, depending upon states. So Illinois, for example, has a very strict um, culture around gun policies, but uh, Wisconsin and Indiana has very loose policies. So you have a lot of slippage across states um, because we don't have a real comprehensive federal policy. So I think, you know, again, um, uh, although gun ownership in Canada is still relatively high compared to, let's say, the United Kingdom, but one out of every 100 individuals, six individuals own guns in the United Kingdom. So you can look at proportionately Canada, then the United Kingdom, a sharp contrast. Um, but I think, you know, again, Canadian policy around um, gun control, uh, a waiting period, a sensible waiting period. And again, it's not baked into the culture like the United States that you have a right to own a gun regardless. This might be a philosophical question, but why does anybody even need to own a gun? This is kind of where I sort of, this is where my brain ends because I, I, I don't know if you heard off the top, but I mean, I have not grown up with the gun culture at all. I've never held a gun in my entire life. I have no desire. I have trust in my, uh, uh, the police force and law enforcement that if something goes wrong, that they will show up and those people trained to own and operate a gun will protect me. Maybe I am naive, but I, I think I, my question is, you know, where does that come from? Where, why does, why do we need to sell weapons that kill people to, to civilians? It, why does that even need to be an option? And well, not just weapons, but you're also talking about, um, uh, Weapons that can, you know, kill hundreds of people within a few minutes, right? So semi-automatic, automatic rifles and machine guns and so on. Military grade, is, yeah. Military-style uh, weapons, which is really, you know, uh, absolutely astounding and disturbing. Well, you know, part of this is also fueled by the NRA, the National Rifle Association, um, which uh, contributes billions of dollars every year towards politicians um, and, and has a very strong lobbying influence in the United States. In Canada, the gun lobbyists are not 
as established and strong in terms of its connections to government, which is a good thing. But around this narrative, you also have this notion that you cannot trust police, that uh, something bad is going to happen, so you have to stockpile rifles and guns and ammunition. That, you know, in the, in the United States, you also have a strong culture around the othering of people who are different than you, right? Which doesn't mm-hmm. happen to that extent in Canada, right? Um, in the United States, we are, we are fearful of other Americans who don't look like us. And because of this sort of strong othering, you know, folks are going to come take your family. Folks are going to come take what you own. You have to protect your family. You can't trust the police. The police is corrupt, right? All these sort of false narratives that have populated American culture for decades, you have people who literally feel that um, they have to stockpile weapons because their family is in danger, right? So it, uh, the whole issue around uh, gun carrying is very much sort of politicized and literally weaponized by the NRA and by also other um, politicians who, you know, are in the pockets of the NRA. Professor Wazin, uh, I thank you so much for your insight and for breaking this down, especially the the psychology of it and why people still insist that gun ownership is something that is their right, like you said. Thank you so much for your time, and uh, I hope to speak to you soon, um, maybe with some better news uh, next time. Thank you so much for inviting me. That was Professor Dexter of Wazin, Dean in Applied Social Sciences at the Jack Joseph and Morton Mendel School of Applied Social Sciences at Case Western Reserve University. I'm Rubina Ahmed-Hawk. We're going to take a quick break. <laughs> 